This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Wendy. And welcome to the Toasted Marshmallow Adventures Podcast. Tonight via Zoom, um, we have com- oh there we go. We have comedian Ed Hill with us um, just to get the business side out of the way a little bit here. Um, you have dates at the Lounge at the End of the Universe in Boise, Idaho, April seventh, eighth, and 9th at seven p.m. And you'll yes. be able to get link. There'll be a link uh, for tickets in the show notes, so Ooh. check that out. Welcome, Ed. Thank you for being here tonight. Yeah, thank you so Hi, much. Hi, Chris. Hi, Wendy. Nice to see you guys. <laughs> nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Thank you for doing the podcast tonight. Um, so first off, let's talk about... Well, I want to know, is, have you been to Boise? Have you been to the lounge? I've been to Boise quite a few times. Uh, I think the lounge is new, so I don't think I've ever been to the lounge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Last time I was in Boise was three years ago. I mean... I haven't been anywhere for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's pre-pandemic then. Yeah. Okay. Were you doing a show here? I was at the uh, the comedy club that was in town. I don't think that exists anymore. Oh, oh liquid. liquid laughs, probably. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Nice. Sweet. So we haven't been back since. You've been just quarantine kind of the last two i have been years. in this room <laughs> that room right there <laughs> and where are you uh what part of the country do you live in i'm in vancouver british columbia actually i'm, I'm canadian so i'm in canada right now. oh okay yeah. yeah i remember seeing uh stuff about that i didn't know you live there currently Sweet. i love all the things on the shelf above you the soft things the yeah, I, I thought uh, I thought I don't I thought I had a lot of stuff. I'm looking at your backdrop. Well, yeah, <laughs> we overload things constantly. Yeah. Can we yeah, add another thing? Animals. I got a bunch of vinyl figures. Um, those are all manga comic books. So I've uh, wow. I, I know the Internet exists. When I moved um, last time, the movers like, hey, you know, there's this thing called the Internet. You just go on <laughs> Yes, I am fully aware of the internet. Yeah. Um, but I've always collected manga since I was a kid. You know, I um, my dad uh, bought me my first collection, just a way to get me reading. Oh, and cool. so, uh, yeah, so I've um, been buying. And it worked. Yeah, I mean, it worked pretty well. <laughs> nice. I can read, now, but I can, I can, uh, I can uh, decipher a receipt because it just keeps spending money. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard recently, I think it might have been on the Pete and Sebastian show that stuffed animals now are called stuffies. Yeah. Have you heard this term? Yeah. Well, I think it's always been called stuffies. Oh, really? really? I have no idea. Oh, we always (laughs) call them stuffed animals, but. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Some are not animals now because they now they make stuffies for like, you know. You can get like bubble tea stuffies and things are not animals. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So that cancels that out. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to uh, first off talk about your special. Which we Um, watched. Yeah, we watched it last night. Yeah. A very um, different uh, than any other 
probably a stand-up special that I've seen. Um, now, it was kind of like, uh, I think one description I saw of it was kind of like a support group setting. Um, <laughs> was that specifically just because of the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think in the preamble, the special has said, you know, I, I was supposed to film it and then I locked down. So it wasn't supposed to be in this format. It was supposed to be the theater, um, like most wow. comedy specials. And but as we know, um, during the lockdown, nothing was happening. Yeah. And we actually postponed it um, when we first was shooting it. We thought, you know, we'll just do it later in the fall. And the summer rolled around. We're like, I don't think this thing is ending anytime soon. So um, we had to go back to the drawing board with the executive team and go, well, what do we do now? Right. And, uh, so we came with this idea of the story circle, um, which is, you know, being employed in many different formats from AA to you know, <laughs> yeah. support groups to so on and so forth. Um, but I just thought it was a neat idea to, you know, because I can only have so many people and they're all people from my life. Mm-hmm. So um so i thought using that format you know and I, and then i think it really captured actually the the emotions of the time we're in i think if i actually did a regular show it would have been kind of strange because that's not what we're all experiencing at that time so um, yeah it really did capture it kind of in your gut at times mm-hmm. it was yeah it was definitely a different yeah definitely really like raw intense yeah at times kind of thing, yeah so. But yeah, yeah, definitely some like really funny times in there. One thing I want to talk to you about is why did, has your dad ever explained why he named himself Smiley? Well, he just thought it was a happy go lucky name that's friendly. And uh, I don't think he thought too much about it. Yeah, it's, it's not a good idea. <laughs> well, and you said he, doesn't he seem like never he smiles. Is that guy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's, not, he's not a very smiley guy. So I don't know. I mean. I mean, every plumber or every, um, you know, person who ever serviced the house remembers him. It's like, oh, it's it's Smiley because they're like, who who the hell would name himself Smiley? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when they walked out at the end of the special, mm-hmm. um, uh, did you have any idea how that was going to go? Had they watched you perform and talk about them or... No, they've never been to a show before. This is actually, of all the shows, the first time they came to. Um, And it's interesting that it's the format that's in that they actually attended. So they actually don't know what a real comedy show looks like because they've never been to one. Still, to this day. Really? Wow. Um, And uh, it was interesting because when they're entering the circle, um, well, first when I talked to my dad, I said, hey, um, you know, I I would like you to be part of this experience that's coming up, uh, part of the filming. His first um, question was, where's my contract <laughs> oh geez for real i was like dad do you want to come or not just i need a yes or no he's like fine i'll be there just tell me what time i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stay all night i'm like it's just, just okay fine so when they're entering the circle um you know for some reason they just cannot walk at the same pace um the director is like let's do it again you guys have been married for like 35 years and you can't walk next to each other for like you know three yards like what is happening here and uh so they finally got their pace together and they can walk in the circle you know next to each other and the director yells cut and we're like oh what is it now so he goes up to my dad he's like hey smiley can you just look at least a little bit proud of your son (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know how to do that you know you you got me walking the same pace that's good enough that's all i'm gonna do wow Jeez. Yeah. My mom was super excited. She, uh, you know, she, 
she was very into it. She, she before yes, I even so asked her, she's like, "Yeah, I'm coming." I was like, "I didn't ask you." She's like, well, "Your dad's coming. Why aren't when I coming?" <laughs> um, I was gonna ask her anyways. And then uh, when it did come out, um, the special, you know, she asked me for the link right away and stuff like that. So I sent it to her. And then she sent me a message back. She's like, I'm just going to fast forward to the part when I'm on screen. <laughs> I'm like, touche, touche, mom. You didn't even watch it. That's <laughs> hilarious. To see yourself. And did you time when your brother called? It's oh, uh, no, th those uh, those are all we, we I put I put those in that format is um, they, they weren't actually like everyone was there. So um, I just I just set it up so my oh. cousin entered and my brother entered. Yeah, that um, was that really cool. Just just to capture, you know, because usually when people gather in my yeah. family, that's what happens. Like they, nobody shows up at the same time. Right. So I kind of want to, you know, you know, depict that idea of you know the circle kind of comes complete in the end, and I everyone kind of comes along pace. Okay. So. Gotcha, because I was like, that was so well timed. Like the phone rings. Yeah, I was like, how did they know he was not telling a joke right then? Well, I mean, that's the thing with the semi live performance is we can do things like that. So can, yeah, uh, you know, if it's a it's a true live show in the theater, obviously that's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, did you do the same set you were gonna do for your special that was supposed to be filmed? So um, pretty much everything in it is what was I was going to do um, mm -hmm. originally. The only difference was the ending. I decided okay. not to end on a laugh. I, I, you know, the ending was supposed to be a callback. And I made the decision to end on a, you know, almost a, you know, just a conclusionary tone. Because mm -hmm. it just seems weird to end on a laugh you know, in the yeah. time like this. And um, so that's, that's the only decision I made. And I don't think the crew know that. I don't think the people in the audience knew that. Um, I don't think anybody knew that's the way I'm going to end it. Only I knew that. Right. And at the end of the filming, actually, um, everybody in the crew cried. Oh, um, wow. Which is kind of interesting. Is uh, yeah. everyone cried at a comedy special? <laughs> that's why you got an NPR award. That's you made right. people cry. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah how did you feel when it was completed or um, how many times did you do it actually was it a one time one and done yeah it's it's only um it's it's a one take thing other than my parents can't get their pacing together right um <laughs> so that was like seven takes um, <laughs> um but uh everything was one take except the very first 12 minutes the reason for that is because so the 12 minutes you're seeing in the special is actually not the first take. The first first version of the 12 minutes is actually very intense because nobody knew what the show was going to be like. Okay. Everyone did not know the vibe. So what you're seeing in the first 12 minutes um, is actually people already acquaint, acquainted themselves to the vibe. Right. And the reason why we redid the first 12 minutes is because there's a stupid fly that came <laughs> in the film set and it was flying everywhere. Oh, geez. And the director had to cut. I was like, why are we cutting? Like we we are, everyone is in the zone. And he's like, well, there's a fly. <laughs> I was like, can we edit out a fly? And he was looking at the footage like, there's no way, Ed. That flies in every single corner of your footage. Oh, geez. <laughs> so take two for the fly. <laughs> so how did you feel when it was completed? Did you, was it a something you felt inside or was it the same as you know i don't know yeah i think um as much as it was a difficult process and you know a 
you know, it's definitely not the way I want to do it. I definitely yeah. won't do it again that way. Um, but I think there's a part of me that kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the way it turned out because I've always had this difficulty of trying to be me. Like I always had this, I, I feel like I need to be somebody else for people to like me. And then this experience was like, I can only be me. There's no other way. Because right. I don't have the context to be somebody else, right? There's no, there's no theater. There's no audience. Yeah. You got to be you. That's all you got. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of thankful for that. So that sort of transformed, um, you know, how I approach my material now. Um, you know, it's, it's more, I don't chase the laughs. I actually listen for the silence. Oh. So that's, that's what I realized um, as I finished the taping is this, this part of me that will never be the same again. And it's not that, you know, I lost something is actually, you know, I'm, I become a new person. So that's what I realized um, was the difference. Wow. Awesome. That's a cool thing to come away with. Yeah. Now, was it, um, cause I know if I was, did the same thing that you did, I would be extremely uncomfortable did you have that feeling or what was your feeling during the taping um you know i wouldn't say i was just uncomfortable i think it was very it was heavy you know it was kind of it's you you can cut the air like with with a knife yeah um and you know i I wasn't necessarily uncomfortable because i mean i'm being me so how how can you know yeah, true. I'm not comfortable being me and this whole thing wouldn't matter. Um, but I, I think part of it was it was very different and I, I I felt different, you know, and it was definitely not, you know, usually after comedy shows, you know, there's that sense of lightness that I perform and it was good to see the people. After that taping was kind of it was almost like I I finished something that needs to be done. Oh, interesting. You know, it's almost it's almost like I graduated <laughs> rather than, yeah. you know, there's a comedy show. So it's kind of, it's a very strange feeling. Yeah. yeah. Now, how is that special? Um, because it is so different, like received by other comedians. Um, yeah, I've got quite a few messages from both audiences and comedians. People um, enjoyed it. Um, like quite had a few people email me, so they cried. So, I mean, oh. Fits the theme. So. Yeah, mission accomplished. <laughs> it's the theme of what happened during the taping. Um, so yeah, people people tend to be pretty receptive receptive about it. So I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm grateful that. People oh, awesome! Yeah. Oh, good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was intense. <laughs> yeah, it was it was different than any other comedy special I've seen. But it's gotten a lot of. I was looking at your website, a lot of accolades for yeah. it, and you know, people are loving it and was like kind of just this whole new perspective of like i guess how it was presented you know stand-up comedy you know yeah. and it's kind of just really different um you Definitely know kind of fit the times yeah it did yeah yeah well ironically you also fit the you know the the, the background of my culture because yeah um, you know i'm from taiwan and then uh, taipei the nickname for Taipei is um, Tragic City. Um, it's oh, this wow. idea that we are a nation of tragedy. And a lot, there's been a lot of colonization, a lot of conflict, which the conflict still continues to t- today. Um, you know, with with the nation across the Taiwanese Strait with China, and with the Ukraine conflict, it kind of brought that to light as to you know is democracy of Taiwan under threat. Um, so you know that 
it's, it's always there's always been this sense of melancholy and bittersweetness to the Taiwanese story. So I'm, I'm happy that you know this able you know the special I should capture that pretty well. That's 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 the that's the story of our people. We we don't our story's never you know happy go lucky or you know it's not never a heroic story. It's it's more of a you know melancholic you know a tra a tragedy um, in some sense. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you definitely captured that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> now, uh, you competed in Taiwan Fest, is that correct? Oh, uh, you mean participation in Taiwan Fest? Yeah, yeah. What is what is that exactly? It's, uh, it's, it's the largest. Um, uh, I'm going to botch the name and the, and the director is going to kill me. Um, <laughs> what's it? Asia, Asia, Canadian, something, um, cultural association. I'm totally botching this, okay. but it's the biggest festival in, in Vancouver on Toronto where it celebrates, um, you know, the cross-cultural um, identities between, you know, Taiwan and Canada. And one thing they do actually is, um, you know, every year they will highlight, um, with another nation and kind of tell their story and link how, you know, how Taiwan's story kind of links to that. So last year, I believe it was Korea. And this year, I believe it's Indonesia. Um, oh, and just cool. able to highlight different cultures and, you know, then show, you know, the diversity that we have in North America. So it's actually quite a cool experience. So I had a chance to perform last year as part of the festival for the first time. They never had comedy before. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, we only could have, I think, half capacity. So it was, oh, yeah. it is what it is, but yeah. <laughs> it's quite an honor to be part of that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now in Taiwan is stand-up comedy, is it not a thing there? Or is, what, how yeah, is so stand-up comedy in Taiwan is actually pretty new. Um, okay. I, I tour Asia once a year, I mean, before the pandemic. I haven't been there for three years either. Um, so, you know, you know, there's Singapore, there's Malaysia, there's Japan and, you know, Hong Kong and so on and so forth. So it's, it's still relatively new on that side of the world. They're definitely catching up. Um, mm -hmm. So Tai Taipei now has got its own dedicated comedy club um, called Two Three Comedy. Um, used to be called Live Comedy Club, I believe, um, in in the past. Um, so it's you can definitely see that in both languages, English and uh, Mandarin, which is the language they speak over there. That you know, it's it's really starting to catch up. People are starting to embrace the art form, and uh, and. You know, it's, it's crazy. The audience love it because I think in North America, we're kind of so used to it. It was like, yeah, it's fine. We just can watch it anytime, right? For them, it's right. just so new. They're like, well, let's go watch stand up. You know, this doesn't happen often. Yeah. Now, when you perform uh, over there, do you do it in English or do you do it in Mandarin? I do it in English. Yeah. So, um, you know, they asked me to do a whole new show in Mandarin. I'm like, I don't, I don't have the time. <laughs> I, can't do I don't want to do a whole hour just for this venue that <laughs> seems a little silly true yeah. yeah and you know it's such an international um city now everyone speaks english and it's um it's mandatory they learn in high school so why why why, why? <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> yeah so now as far as you know in relation to stand-up comedy but did you did taiwan you know prior to stand-up comedy kind of becoming more of a thing there did you have like uh comedy movies and television shows and stuff like that yeah um you know improv and um you know more comedic like theater performance was more familiar to them there so um 
yeah so when i first went over there to perform i actually performed a lot of improv theaters and the, you know the improv artists would come out and stuff like that oh, okay um, yeah and then it's, it's funny because audience member kind of expect improv is like well this guy is not talking to us at all <laughs> he's just <laughs> he's just talking about his stuff um yeah so i mean they're they're familiar with improv i think that has a longer history there than stand-up okay yeah. and then now so when you perform there in english you're um performing to people their first language would probably be mandarin is that correct yeah i mean that is usually half half there's a lot of expats that's there too so oh, okay. um, okay. You know, um a lot of americans canadians british uh, australian people there either they're to teach english or um ex you know american military bases that's there there's actually a this very interesting i don't know if you guys know this there's a there's a there's a section of Taipei called Tiemu, and what it is, it's it used to be American base. So since the Americans have left, but a lot of people remain there to live there. So if you walk, so literally you walk a block in, and it looks like Los Angeles. Everything's English, you know. They got all the American stores and you know restaurants and stuff like that. You see white kids walking down the street, you know, you know, going to school. You're like did I just end up back in the States all of a sudden? Yeah, it was, it was very, it was, and everybody speaks English. is very surreal because uh, yeah, my wife wow. went there for the first time. She's like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, it's some kind of time thing. Yeah, it's like, are we back home? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Jeez. Huh. Yeah, I never knew that. No. <laughs> now, do you change your sets from United States to Asian countries? No, because my, 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 my material you guys probably seen the specials about me so i made that decision very early on in my career i'm just gonna talk about me because i don't change doesn't matter where i go so then you know oh i see automatically universal you know i i'm not gonna be a different person just because right. why i am so that's why it makes it easier i don't you know i'm not very good at observational comedy anyways so i decided to venture down that road you know you ask me for an opinion for anything i'm just like i don't know <laughs> oh can we get to your nickname from your brother henry or is that too soon oh edward the penis guy yes <laughs> yeah he came up with it how do you how get that in what age yeah i think i was i think i was 16 he was 11 and you know as an older brother i used to pick on all the time right so one day he just came up with this amazing nickname just call me edward the penis guy <laughs> And then I was, I was so mad. And he, he's like, and then he would go, you know how, you know, artists, you know, musicians will have EPs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So he would go look for EPs. Look, you're so famous. You're Edward the Penis Guy and every, all these artists, you know, musicians albums. Like, I hate you. <laughs> he's 11. I know. Oh my God. And I try to call him Henry the Penis Guy. It's, it's not the same. It's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's funny sheesh so was your upbringing really strict or and if so was is that standard for taiwan you know, yeah that... i mean my parents are are highly educated so my, my dad is a doctor and uh, my mom um you know she was a real estate agent before she became a homemaker um so so they're professionals and so you know and i think part of the immigrant experience is they want you to succeed yeah. right they want you to 
you know, be the best of whatever you do. And then, you know, your your child ends up doing stand-up comedy. And, <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so they were they were definitely um, very, you know, success driven and you know and there was i mean by the time i was 16 i had a performance degree in piano i had to practice piano three hours a day um every day until i was you know when i was 17 and that's when i am like i finished this this is done i beat the boss (laughs) on to the next um but you know i'm i can i can definitely i mean at that time was as, as a kid you don't understand you're like why all my friends having a great time i'm doing this but now thinking back i'm like you know it's actually they're just wanting you to be able to survive but you have a skill right that you can utilize later on in your life um because once you get older it's just too late right you don't have the time or the right. and effort to do so 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 i see where they're coming so from. you're grateful ish i mean yeah i mean I, i'm thankful um yeah. You know, would I do that to my kids? I don't know. That's yeah. That was my next question. If you have children, or do you? Would you act the same? I mean, I think there would definitely be a certain certain um, aspect expectation. Is you got to do something. You can't do nothing. But yeah. uh, you know, as long as you do something, whatever you do, it's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think you know, I think one thing that my parents did do, um, are they probably very bad at saying this or translating this, whatever it may be, because just their upbringing, is they always believed in this. Is that oh, they nice. they never had a moment of doubt um, that we will. Well, that's pretty know, amazing. Yeah, be that's independent and do what we need to do. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. So, do you still play? I do, yeah. I still play the piano. Um, I enjoy it now. I didn't enjoy it when I yeah. <laughs> it. I hated it. Yeah. Um, but now, now you're older. You're like, oh, it's kind of cool. I actually kind of like it. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, so, how many years of lessons did you have? I started when I was six, and I finished oh. when I was like seventeen. Oh, okay. So Jeez. you were pretty good (laughs) every single day uh you know and i have some i have some tough teachers do you have teachers used to hit my hit my knuckles with a drumstick Uh, Uh mom used to put a knife underneath my wrist so i don't because the piano you got to keep your wrist up you can't like slump wrist so you used to put a knife under my wrist so i don't (laughs) drop and cut Uh -uh. i mean i'm pretty sure she did it just as a scare tactic because i'm gonna (laughs) cut me you're serious. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. They're Whoa. old school tactics. <laughs> yes. yeah, it was it was uh, baptism through fire, I'll tell you that. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so I want to know what Kumon is. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have that there. Um some some you know it's 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 some cities in the states have it too. It's I think it's worldwide. So Kumon is like a math math school you go after school it's like an after school program oh. where you uh i think now they have like everything they have math physics chemistry, whatever you want they will they will teach you um so it's kind of like this program i think it started in japan where you go and you you get a worksheet and you kind of have to learn on your own how to do these math problems and you got to repeat and there's different levels so you become very good at math very quickly wow. because it's you can do it every day and it's just basically you know child abuse um, <laughs> i was gonna say torture but okay. yeah um yeah so i did that you know <laughs> i got into it because my mom's friend brought kumon to vancouver so kumon was in vancouver yet and she was gonna open the first franchise and you know we're at the house and my mom said hey you want to come downstairs and just try this thing i was like okay i was like do i have she said no we're just trying it you know he's helping my friend 
And then I tried it and I did it for like 10 years. Like, How is this? This is a total scam. Yeah. <laughs> We're just Jeez, trying it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. But you're really great at math now or? Um, I, I kind of quit before I, you know, got into the senior year of my high school. So, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not great. I'm not like a math whiz. I never liked it. Yeah. It, it just makes you very good at finding ways to cheat. You got to do it so much. Oh, yeah. Wow. So that's Kumon. I'm sure there's a lot of kids out there that are doing Kumon. that can tell you how they feel. We all feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, before we started that you have a new special coming out. Um, I'm currently working um, towards the second one. I'm hoping to film at the end of the year. I don't have the details yet, so we're trying to finalize that. But at this, um, and when boys, you you get to see the the new hour that I'm working on. So that's I'm hoping to run it um, in Boise. Oh, cool. um, oh, nice! It's a brand new hour that is completely different than what you saw on Amazon. So um, yeah, totally bring this new show to everybody. Yeah, and now where can people see? Um, now you have the. Um, your special candy and smiley that's on Amazon prime. Correct. Mm -hmm. Where can people see, um, other, you know, clips and stuff of your standup? Yeah. You can just go to my website. Um, it's kingedhill.com. Um, there's quite a few, all my TV appearances are on there. So, um, links to all my social media, YouTube pages, stuff like that. Um, I am not a King by any, um, <laughs> she perform. It's just uh, there's a street in Vancouver called King Edward, and I thought oh. it'd be hilarious in the beginning of my career to name my website King Ed Hill. People are like, "Oh, it's like King Edward," and then I realized most people don't live in Vancouver on this planet. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a pompous ass. Like this guy thinking he's a king. I'm like, okay, it was funny to me. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> and now, is there a reason why you picked the name Ed Hill? I mean, I know Edward's uh, we your live first on the hill. Name. I mean, we've always lived on the hill. Um, you know, we lived on the hill in Taiwan, lived on the hill in Vancouver. Um, so I just big hill. Um, no other consideration past that. Wow, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Jeez. And now, uh, you, I think in your special, you said your real name was Edward Chang. Yeah. And Chen, C H E N, yeah, which is a very oh, common Chen. last name. And I think it's like the second most common last name in Taiwan, which again is a terrible um, business decision to go with that name because you Google it, you're going to find doctors and professors and yeah, <laughs> all these more successful people. So, yeah, exactly. you know, you, you're never going to find me. So, that's, you know, and it's quite interesting because, you know, a lot, I, I met a lot of Ed Hills. Um, in my touring and they're they're mostly not asian and so makes a good conversation yeah do we want to talk about this yeah let's talk about that well uh let's uh, we want to get your thoughts and opinions on the, slap. Uh, the will smith slap, will smith slap. <laughs> <laughs> yes were you watching did you even know the oscars were occurring I did not watch Oscars. I was we didn't I, I find it very boring. I'm like, I, I don't know. care. I just figure out any all the films that usually win are the films I don't watch. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, honestly, we're those people that if there hadn't been a slap, we probably wouldn't have known that yeah. the Oscars occurred. Yeah. So but do you have um, a take? Yeah. 
I saw I saw on Twitter, um, and then somebody I'm sure a friend of mine messaged me and stuff like that, and you know my brother messaged me. Um, first of all, I, I initially when I looked at it, I thought that was a publicity stunt, and then I think yeah. to yeah. be honest, um, what was more concerning to me wasn't the slab. I mean, the slab obviously it's not you know kosher. That obviously it's assault. Yeah. Um, yeah because it wasn't staged um it was actually what followed is the you know the you know keep your keep my wife's name out of your effing yeah. mouth you said it twice i think that's when people clued in was the you know this this wasn't staged it wasn't this wasn't a haha moment mm-hmm. and i think that was more concerning to me because um you know this seems to be a more it, it's like an emotional experience that will couldn't control Mm-hmm. you know and that that was definitely um because they could easily play it off right you know the slap and they kind of like oh we, this is the whole thing that we we did and stuff like that he because everybody thought it was you know it was his yeah gag yeah. um he could have just sat back down and like you know pointed at him the, the thing and then they can settle after right um yeah yeah so i mean the fact that it continued when he sat down and said it to twice yeah yeah yeah, it was pretty intense Mm -hmm. yeah then he won an oscar afterwards yeah his first one (laughs) (laughs) which yeah i don't know (laughs) have you ever been has anybody ever come up at you on stage come yeah i mean um you know it's it's funny because the reporters asked the other day about um i i've done you know i've done shows where um you know, I've done shows in the South. The audience members were, um, you know, it was a good group of the KKK members in, in the crowd. Oh. Um, yeah, so it was, it was very uncomfortable. Um, I've done That's shows crazy. where the the Vagos um, motorcycle game showed up, which is rivals to the Hell's Angels, and you know, wow. their game colors was green, and uh, I wore um, green shoes like an idiot that day. I didn't know oh. they were gonna be there. Well, yeah. And then I got on stage like, "We like your shoes." I'm like, "You can have it after I'm done." I don't right. want these shoes. Just don't <laughs> yes. yeah. Please. Yeah. Those guys with like knife scars across their face, and you know, missing a leg here and there. Oh. And like I was like, "Yo, these are not friendly folks." Mm-hmm. And no. I was like, and then you know, I'm I'm glad they enjoy the show. But if I wasn't funny, I think it would be a different outcome yeah um, i've definitely had people storm the stage before um usually because they're drunk um so you know they can't contain their emotions very well and they think what i'm saying is about them it's not um and then you know kind of management has to get in, in between and stuff like that so wow yeah um you know as just yeah i one i think one concern that all comics have is that we hope that this doesn't set a precedent where people can just kind of storm the stage and if they don't think in there yeah, yeah slap you or put a bullet through you you know yeah you, just because they thing. Yeah. didn't like what you said yeah i know yeah i was thinking that today like i hope this doesn't become a thing because that seems like so much of what's happening now people are seeing this kind of shitty behavior you know on tv or online and then they're just emulating it and I was like, I hope this isn't a thing with comedy, mm-hmm. you know, where comedians start are starting to be, you know, scared of telling jokes. You know, I think yeah. it could, you know, just be a really bad thing for comedy in general and stand-up comedy. Yeah, I mean, this this is, you know, I think stand-up is one of those things that you know, because sometimes I'll see in the green room with comics, and sometimes you know, shows are not well attended for whatever reason. You know, sometimes 
comedians would complain, right? They'd be like, okay, why are we doing this? This is stupid, yada, yada. And I sometimes had to remind myself and remind them is that, you know what we're doing is ridiculous, right? Like, <laughs> people are coming to watch you say whatever you want and you're being paid for it. This is a absolutely unreal concept. This is freedom at its peak. Yeah. Um, Because you can't, half the world, you can't do this. You end up dead or you end up, you know, imprisoned and, you know, um, yeah. yeah, you can't, this is, we're doing this and, you know, and we're getting paid for it. Like we have <laughs> right. to compensate for doing yeah. something yeah. that people would dream of doing just for free. Um, so yeah, so, you know, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's concerning when somebody slaps you and especially a public figure. Um, yeah. cause it's, you know, this, this could be easily be, uh, be a police officer with a baton on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. True. Yeah. So, um, do you, so no one's ever gotten to you on the stage than people that have rushed, rushed the stage uh no fortunately not yeah so oh, okay that's good um, what what would you do do you think you... Wood, I don't... <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yet are, are you a fighter would you am i a fighter no definitely okay not. yeah <laughs> okay gotcha neither am i so yeah. no not no shame all. in not being a fighter <laughs> good so uh let's see you're coming to boise idaho that is week that's next week are we do we know if we're going to that show next week we haven't even looked at next week we gotta look at our calendar oh my god (laughs) yes seven eight nine seven p.m awesome yeah Yeah, those are our times we are we are old and we don't like the 9 p.m start times (laughs) yeah 9 p.m is rough i feel you i feel (laughs) you how much uh traveling uh, do you normally do for stand up? Are you getting back into it more now? Yeah, I mean, last two years, obviously, there's very, uh, very sparse. Um, but now I'm basically on the road um, every weekend um, in a different city until the end of October. So, um, yeah, it's. I think I'm getting old. It's because <laughs> just be able to do this You're without 36? feeling tired, You're and now I'm just exhausted all the time. I'm actually, I just turned, um, I'm turning 38 in about, oh, uh, nice. in about uh, five days. So happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, I just got a note on a tablet that says, quit saying that I'm old with a shit ton of exclamation points after it. Yes, because he keeps including me in his we're old. And I'm like, I'm not doing that dude if you want to be old that's fine if I you want to be old, old that's fine but i'm not old I'm getting old which is true because we're all getting old <laughs> my grandma was like 98 when she's like wendy i finally feel old so i am going for that feeling like i'm not feeling old until i'm 98 and then it was yeah she was done <laughs> but... i call it I'm, I'm just i just tell people i'm half dead <laughs> 30, uh, almost 38 no Jeez. no halfway done <laughs> i only say it jokingly but um you know i think bruce lee said the universe does not understand sarcasm that's right so, so. i don't even want him to put it out there with me in mind if you're talking about yourself that's fine <laughs> <laughs> well we we were uh, my wife and i were talking to a financial advisory the other day and he was doing like all these projections about you know and he's like well let's set your age to 90 i'm like 
dude, thank you, but I don't know if I'm gonna live till nine. <laughs> like, are you sure? Right. Nine? And I'll have how much, and what are we gonna do with it then, honey? Yeah, I, I don't. I can't pinpoint anybody in my family who lived to ninety. So right. I don't know how you think I'm gonna be the combo breaker here. So, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Sheesh. So, is your uh, parents' house where all the uh, toilet paper went at the beginning of the pandemic? <laughs> my dad has had toilet paper years before the pandemic occurred. So this is how, um, I don't want to say paranoid because he turned out to be correct in the end. It's like all the paranoia confirmed. He, uh, he bought the same car that was in the movie 2012 because, um, you know, the, the end of the world movie 2012. Yeah. Um, So he bought the same car because he's like, Hey, look, that car survived the apocalypse. He bought exact same car, same color, same model, everything. Oh, jeez. Ordered just toilet paper, shampoo. There's a there's a room in his house right now. There's just all shampoo. All shampoo. <laughs> it's like literally a fire hazard. <laughs> and there's just thousands of the same thing over and over. And then uh, you know, I asked him every time, like, Dad, what do we need this? He's like, Well, because because it never expires. And I'm like, Yeah, but we do. We expire. Right. <laughs> like we're never gonna get to use this. But uh, yeah, but then the pandemic happened. He's like, I told you, look, I have everything. <laughs> I'm all set. <laughs> now, is he stockpiling any food or just toiletries? Um, it's just mostly things that doesn't, uh, you know, like non-perishable. So like oh, toilet yeah. paper, shampoo. He's got like, you know, masks. Um, he had masks even before masks were a thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Everyone was looking for like, um, what is it, N95 mask? Yeah. And he's just like, I have 500. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is happening? Why do you have this? Yeah, jeez. <laughs> He's like, I knew the day was coming. I'm like, what? Oh, what do you watch on YouTube? Wow. So he had the toilet paper and the masks. Yeah, he has bags. He has so many like bags. So, so in case you need to, you know, put things in bags and run, like you know, transport bags. Um. Yeah, he's just got everything. He's like cleaning supplies, everything. Wow. Yeah, every time we need something, you know, we like we tell him like, "Hey, we gotta go go buy something." He just like, "I got it." Like, <laughs> yeah. What are you What are you even thinking? <laughs> I got you for several years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you doing anything um, other than stand up? Do you do acting, commercials, or things like that? I try. Um, I'm not a very good actor. I can't be anybody other than myself. So um, mm. you know, I get I get auditions. And I try them out. Um, I, I do. Uh, you know, I have. You know, I have a few podcasts I'm running. Oh yeah, so I do, yeah. I do a few podcasts, and then I do a lot of writing. So I'm I'm more. Um, I enjoy the the process of writing more than actually you know um, reading a script. So that's I, I like writing the script rather than reading the script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. More, more what are my, your podcasts? Yeah, so I have a podcast I do. Um, it's a weekly podcast. Um, I say weekly. It's not super weekly these days. Yeah, I we understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I've been doing weekly for the last <laughs> four years, so it's just the last few months kind of more sporadic. Um, yeah. it's, it's called the Sun and Smiley Podcast. It's really a podcast. And I keep it short. So I, I'm, I do it's a little different than the other pox, which is in an hour and a half. Now, my pox are 10 minutes or 12 minutes. Okay. Yeah, I looked, we did I looked that up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I just tell a story either um, from my childhood or my life with the people in my life um, that either I've learned or something um, I want to remember. I, I actually started the podcast so I don't forget these moments in my life. So I actually did it for myself. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to have a verbal diary yeah. as to um, the things happen so I don't forget it. And then uh, it turns out people are interested in it. They're listening to it. You know, I had some gentleman came up to me the other day. He's, oh, I work in a hospital. You know, I really enjoy your podcast. It's nice and short so I can listen to it before I go see a patient, not for oh, a patient. Nice. So I got a 10 minute break, that type of thing. I was, oh, thank you. Yeah. I, so do you try to make I, them funny I, or is it just real? Um, I mean, you know, a lot of things we talk about are kind of, they're real, but they're bizarre. Like, I don't know how this happens. Just strange things happen to me all the time. So I kind of talk about it and I reflect on a little bit. So, you know, I don't try to be funny, but they just end up being interesting. And Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to listen to that. Yeah, because I looked at it and saw that the episodes were, you know, like eight to 10 minutes and that's really curious i started listening to one and i ended up having to go back to work and so i didn't finish <laughs> listening to it at all so i gotta get back to it now you said you have a few podcasts yeah so there's a few other ones that um there's one called model mythology which a friend of mine um currently it's on season one where we interview um you know different asian americans or asian canadians um and the idea is that this there's this you know, model minority um, myth that's out there um, for, for Asians. So it's it's kind of, of you know, a podcast where we explore the, the struggles and successes of every single, there's no one way to be an Asian person, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we, we ask people bring in a, and, you know, we, we, we ask them if you were become a myth a thousand years from now, what object will represent you? So we have them present the object in the beginning. We don't talk about the object and we kind of, talk about their story and then we come back in the end um to see how their story is summarized by the object oh, and it's, it's very profound where you know some people will bring in like a news article or a shoe and you're like how does that right yeah and in the end you're like oh that makes total sense if oh, you were cool. myth, that's that's definitely who you would be and that's the object that you would you know you would be right so yeah so that's the other podcast that we have going oh that's interesting mm. yeah what would you bring something very young what? what's that you bring something young not yeah, old. yeah 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 right yeah. <laughs> a baby something a tiktok account there we go oh, yeah well bring... i have one but yeah. it's only got four posts <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think I would either bring in, but it would be totally obvious. I'd probably either bring a snowboard or like a microphone, yeah. <laughs> something like that. So yeah, no mystery there. <laughs> <laughs> what that means. Jeez. All right. We have three minutes. Three minutes for what? Countdown. Oh, yeah. snap. Get everything we want out of Ed Hill. All right. <laughs> now you're, we've, uh, this is in your notes that you made. You're allergic oh, yeah. to alcohol, alcohol marijuana, marijuana, and nicotine. nicotine. Like anaphylactic and, or? And metal. <laughs> and metal? Yeah, I can't touch metal. I get blisters if I what? touch metal. So, like, ah. so that was true. Yeah, my, my glasses are plastic. I don't have, I never wear a belt because um, oh. you know, the belt buckle gives me blisters and stuff like that. Yeah, that's why I don't wear a wedding ring. Um, I actually have a wedding ring. It's made of onyx, um, so yeah. it's a stone, but it starts chipping because, you know, obviously if it's not metal, it's not very strong. 
Um, so I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's bad luck when if you're bringing brakes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> I'm gonna put yeah. you know safety deposit box rather than you know wear all the time. Wow. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm allergic to all that stuff, and uh, I didn't know I was allergic to all of it until I went to allergist. And it's it's very interesting because they do the they they kind of prick your arm with yes. all the different um, samples. And he came back. He's like, "You're allergic to everything." I'm like, "What?" And then he's like, "There's no way you'd be dead." So you look. There's a control um, on your wrist that he uses, which is they just pricks you with water. And I had a reaction to that too. And he's like, "I think you're allergic to the needle that pricks you." Wow. Oh. So I'm allergic to the metal, and uh, and also found out I'm allergic to all the other stuff. So. But wow. fine with grass Great. and pollen. Do you, are you? Also yeah, my dad's allergic. To so okay he, he's he's he you know it's so bad that he can't sleep some nights he just can't breathe because of it so mm. yeah i got and, i got the other half so. yeah. and peanuts no no peanuts i can have peanuts yeah oh nice oh, okay. well that's a plus. allergic to rice isn't that what <laughs> you're allergic to yeah. rice my brother is allergic to oh, rice oh your brother how's that like, what go growing up Asian are you that you're allergic to yeah. rice right. <laughs> He eats it anyways. He's like, I don't care. I'm just itchy. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> it's itchy. At this point, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not like, gonna, what are you gonna give do? up rice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much yeah, for thank you, being Ed. on the show tonight. Uh, we're looking forward. Um, I think we're gonna try to I get to so. one of your shows next week, probably seven, eighth, and ninth. Be a Friday night. Yes. Morning. Yes. So, Thank you for being here. It was great talking with you. Safe um, travels to Boise. Check out his special, Candy and Smiley, on Amazon Prime. And look out for the new one. What's the website address? Uh, it's kingedhill.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you, Ed. That's yeah, thank you oh, You're welcome. Good. I'm signing out. I'm signing off. I'm Chris Adams. I'm Wendy Moser. Hashtag get toasted. Stay toasted. And thank you, Ed Hill. Hit the hype button. <laughs> I'll see you next week. <laughs>